Hey guys, welcome back. It's Sarah and Narelle, your hopeless, not truthless Bravo recappers from the North. Please help us be a little less hopeless and a little more truthful by hitting that follow or subscribe button. Or if you really want to make our week, please give us a five-star rating, you guys, wherever it is that you're listening to us. We appreciate you so much. You can also follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Hopeless Not Truthless Pod and talk to us there. Hello, Narelle. Hello, Sarah. Oh my God, I am so happy to have you back this week. How are you feeling? I'm still a little nasty, but I am way, <laughs> I can speak this week. I know. You're actually saying words right now. It's fantastic. (laughs) Narelle and I, our main form of communication is voice notes. So she got some pretty (laughs) gnarly voice notes from me last week. It was wild. You not being able to send me as many voice notes this week and then me doing the podcast by myself. It's been a weird week. I haven't enjoyed it. Uh, Was not a fan. Very happy you're back. And now you're never allowed to get sick again, ever. Okay, but I have to say, I listened to the podcast. You did an amazing job. Oh, stop it. I actually preferred listening listening to it more than normal, so. (laughs) Shut up. That is because (laughs) it is terrible to listen to yourself. Do you know the hell that I went through editing just my own voice? Oh, my gosh. It was the worst. I never want to do it again. I can't. I, 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 I can't. I can't. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you liked it, though. I loved it. And I just want to warn everyone, I'm still a little bleh, bleh, scratchy, but I'm I'm going to drink lots of water. You sound great. Don't even okay. worry about it. You sound great. Okay. Love y'all. I did want to mention one little thing, Narelle, about the podcast last week when I was listening. Oh, God. Okay. What? What did I do? You mentioned the prank that I pulled on you. <laughs> Okay. All right. So what did you do then? This isn't about me. This is about you. (laughs) Uh, What you said is basically fact. I did get a little bit confused there at the end because I started thinking like, oh my gosh, did I actually do this to Sarah? And I'm remembering her doing it to me. But what you're saying is- Okay. No. (laughs) I know. So we were in our apartment- and it was like Narelle and I worked together. We lived together. It was so awesome. It was, I don't know, whatever day it was. And probably after work when we were both so exhausted and we were watching a movie and Narelle fell asleep on the couch and she started snoring. A very, it was a very sweet little snore. I don't think so. I remember it being like a tractor. Really? <laughs> don't make me laugh, Narelle. Oh, my God. <laughs> don't. Sorry. Oh my god. Oh. Okay, maybe it was a little tractor-esque, but um, I recorded it. A cute tractor. Yeah, it was a very cute tractor. I, I recorded it on my voicemail, because that's what we used to do back in the day, right? No, that's what you used to do back in Whoa. the day. <laughs> but you did get revenge, and you did the same thing back to me. So, hold on. So, I I waited until you fell asleep, and then... Voicemail? I don't remember doing this. You absolutely did. You and Melissa. Hi, Melissa, if you're listening. Um, Okay, that is starting to ring a bell. We used to do some weird stuff, though, with our voicemails. Do you remember this? Like, 
the white stripes. Yeah. We would sing white stripes. Yep. Yeah. We were, that was our main way of expressing ourselves. I yes. This, this, this was before like internet on the phone. Yeah. Um, so we had to entertain ourselves somehow, but in my mind <laughs> now, I want you to confirm this for me. Mm-hmm. In my mind, a long time had gone by between the actual snoring event and when <laughs> I discovered it on your phone. I don't. Is that true? No, I don't remember <laughs> that part. But okay. I do remember you finding it. And I remember getting that message. Sarah, how <laughs> dare you? What the hell? How long has this been up here? Oh, my God. And yeah. You're dead. I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And then she got revenge, folks. She got revenge. Yeah. We're even now. We're fine. Okay. I mean, we're even until you fall asleep around <laughs> me again. You're lucky that we don't live in the same city anymore. Oh my or I would gosh. come over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was oh. so funny. Well, we have a lot of show to get to. And I'm excited because. This is my very first Southern Charm episode. Yes. I'm letting everyone know, all I know about Southern Charm is I have watched the first season and about half of season two, and yep. I know Craig and Austin from Summer House. That's it. Which is a lot more than we thought, because you were going to go into this totally blind. Yeah, but... You were going to do what I did for Atlanta... And then I think I did that for OC as well, didn't I? Yeah, you did. I've caught up a little bit. So now you know what it feels like that, oh my God, I have to have opinions on things that I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's hard. But this show is wild. Yeah, it's a good thing you got laryngitis because you were able to study up a little bit. That's true. Oh, those early days of Southern Charm, they were really something. Yeah, and unfortunately, you've only got a, a quick little snapshot because it gets cra- way crazier in like season three, four, five. You got to get to five. You have to. That's, that's okay. just, you have to. So guys, in this episode today, we are going to be discussing Southern Charm, Real Housewives of New York, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and Real Housewives of OC. Which one do you want to start with, Sarah? Let's get into southern charm i'm kind of excited to do it let's head over to charleston all right guys southern charm season nine episode two spilling the jt right away second episode in a row that opens up on Olivia doing something that made me want to hurl her off a bridge. The first episode is when she hucked her dog's poop over the fence, and I was horrified. She's trying to make microwave oatmeal, having obviously never used a microwave before ever, I guess, in her life. And it overflows everywhere. So what does this bitch do? Does she clean up the microwave? Does she take the oatmeal out? No, she's like, closes the door she says well i guess i'm not having oatmeal today and walks away and then we've got madison making a show of throwing away that friggin dildo that taylor got her madison absolutely did not know how to use it so it had to go in the garbage bin immediately and she had to make sure that we all saw her do that because that is what martha stewart would do you know what i love that for her oh i absolutely appreciated the producers here when Olivia was pretending on camera, she eats oatmeal every day and having that backfire <laughs> right in her face. 
I want to know what she eats for breakfast now. The real deal. Madison is really a character. Being too good for a vibrator? All I can think is this bitch must have a nasty tickle trunk in the way there. Good. Okay, I've never heard it recall- like referred to as a tickle trunk. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> oh my god. Is that not the right word? It probably is. Tickle isn't. trunk. <laughs> oh my tickle god. trunk is like from a kid's show. Oh, it? well, it, it I mean, oh, okay. We're we're getting into some dangerous territory here. Yes, but, yes. Yeah, yeah, we are. Very Charleston. Yeah. Oh, it is actually low, 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 low. Getting back on track here. So Craig is on his way to go play golf with the boys, and so he calls little Miss Paige in the car, but he didn't say a single word about Taylor's accusation that Paige had cheated on him, which is actually a pretty mature thing to do because Craig really wants Paige to become friends with his friends, and he absolutely knows that if he says anything, Paige is going to flip her fucking lid, so he keeps his mouth shut. However... This kind of made me wonder if he's also maybe a little bit scared to find out if it's true. Hmm. I really did respect Craig for not repeating it to Paige, but I felt like he's probably doing that for his own benefit. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I mean, what would Paige do anyway? That woman does not leave her bed for much, okay? <laughs> it's true. I don't know. I just, I just can't imagine Paige cheating on Craig, but... Maybe. That is true. That is true. She doesn't really have the energy to do much. I don't see how she could juggle two men. Truly. Um. So then we are at Republic and Taylor is just making a sales pitch for Leva. She tells us a little bit about how she quit her job as a dental assistant to travel with Shep. And she thought that was going to be a great idea because she was going to settle down with Shep. But then, I mean, obviously they broke up. She blames Shep for that, which is maybe, I think, a little bit unfair because we are all humans who make choices. She made that choice. And then like a minute later, she's casually mentioning that Shep got her this job. I'm like, okay, all right. First of all, that makes me think they must have been in contact a little bit that we're not hearing about. Second of all, He's still helping you out a little bit. Like, you got to give him a bone in that respect. Yeah, she is coming off as a woman scorned and someone who's blinded by the rage of all the stuff that went down between them. And don't get me wrong, I think Shep sucks from what I know. But, Narelle, did Taylor really think Shep would settle down? Legit question here. Because, like, did he change for her? Because even in my recent watch of season one and two... He makes it oh so crystal clear he will not change for anyone. That's my biggest thing with Shep. I have to say, not a fan of him. I think he's garbage. I don't like who he is as a a man or a person, but he's very upfront about how garbage he is and what kind of a man he is. There's no way Taylor got into this relationship with him not knowing that. She thought she could change him at any time. Think so. You know, I've done that myself. I have absolutely done that myself. I have tailored my way into a relationship with a man that I thought I could help him and change him Mm -hmm. and it'll be better. No, you got to – Shep is telling you who he is. You have to listen. Taylor chose not to listen. Sorry, it's true. 
Yeah, this is like Taylor is really angry and it's wow. It's wow. Yeah, Taylor's me 10 years ago, so I, I feel for her. Yeah. But yeah. uh yeah. Mm. She's also really not cut out for sales. <laughs> oh. That was horrifically horrifically awkward. Um the packaging is really um pretty. Um like um it tastes like um a Paloma. Don't quit your day job, babe. Ah shit. <laughs> you already did. <laughs> Oh no, that was re- that was really mean. <laughs> it deserved because I hated everything about the scene except the packaging of her booze. I thought it was pretty. She's so mm. awkward and uninteresting to me. She honestly, I got such Raquel vibes happening. Even Ooh. when she doubles down on the page cheating on Craig rumor, but then in her confessional, she says she regrets it. So what is it like? It, uh, what are you trying to tell us? I think maybe she's just a little bit messy. Mm, vengeance. Yeah, we're going to get a few more uh, instances like this, I would surmise. So Craig, Austin, and their friend JT have met, and they're going to play some golf. Right away, I don't know about you, but JT was rubbing me the wrong way. He's kind of <laughs> like a doofus. You know what I mean? Like that kind of goofy little guy. I think later on, I don't remember who it was. It was like Craig says he's got uh, Napoleon syndrome. Yes. Totally get that vibe. Yeah. However, Craig also said that JT grew on him. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give JT a chance. (laughs) My first thought was this dude has to be a politician. Like baby baby Don Jr. vibes happening over here from his outfit to his face to his speech, like everything about him. Big time. His little swagger. Yep. Overconfidence. Yeah. And we find out that JT had some big house party in London that he invited Taylor to, amongst a whole bunch of other people, as a cover, because he obviously just wanted Taylor. He's very quick to add, she's obviously a beautiful girl. She's sweet, kind, funny. I was like, come to Europe, bring your friends. And in Paris, Taylor hooked up with JT's friend. Okay, I think that we are officially establishing already that JT is very much into Taylor. Oh, JT so wanted Taylor. And I loved that she hooked up with this friend. (laughs) (laughs) This woman is ruthless and I'm here for it. Okay, question for you. How long after the breakup with Shep did this little trip happen? Oh, God. I don't actually know. I feel like shows like this purposely don't put timelines in so you can follow them very well. Taylor and Shep broke up. Was it at the reunion? I think it was before the reunion. Okay. Because they, if my memory serves, which my memory never does serve, so that could be absolutely wrong, you guys. Oh, my God. Don't kill me. (laughs) Um, But they've been broken up for a while. Shep went to Australia, so... I believe this is when Shep was in Australia. Yeah. Okay. And Shep has been home for months from Australia at this point. Ah. So it was it it was it it's at least a matter of months. Okay, okay. I kind of laughed when Austin said she already told me this story about the hookup. <laughs> well these these editors, man, they're awesome. Yes, because she and Austin have apparently become very close. 
JT and Craig wonder whether Austin's friendship with Taylor is pissing Shep off, and I reckon it absolutely does. Shep either doesn't know enough about it, or he's hiding his true feelings at this point, and I think he's hiding them. Austin clearly doesn't like Shep. That's my take on this. As an unbiased person, you don't hang with someone's ex and be as tight as they are if you don't have an ulterior motive. Mm-hmm. So next we are moving on to the scene with Olivia and new guy Rod. So Olivia's moved on from her fake showmance with Austin and she's starting up a brand new fake one with Rod, who I have to say is rubbing me the right way. He's so fucking cute. The way he got her that gluten-free bread and then he brought like the little Capri Suns. Still though, these orchestrated like dates by production these fake relationships it makes for not great viewing for me and i don't know why they keep pimping olivia out in this way but i think they're just trying to give her a spot on the show and try to make it you know give her a reason to be there i don't know anything about olivia but i find it's just too much it's too boring i thought rod Mm -hmm. was hot and funny but olivia is the most vanilla blonde that's trying not to be And Mm. I think we should have more Rod, less Olivia, please. Oh, my God. More Rod for sure. When that tour bus went by or whatever it was, and he made that joke about like, everybody look to the right and wave at all the white people with the one brown guy. Let's (laughs) make him feel welcome. Like this was probably my one genuine laugh out loud moment of the whole episode. Yeah. So I'm excited to learn more about him for sure. After that, we see Craig and Austin, and they're picking up JT to meet Shep for a pub crawl. Side note, how fucking cool would it be to live somewhere where you could get into a golf cart, drive around town? Like, because you can drive those while drunk, right? I've heard rumblings of this. I don't know. I think it must depend on the state. I know you can, like, on the golf course, you're allowed to drink and drive them. Yeah, that's true. Interesting. Um, anyway, sorry. Back back to the show here. They get to the bar, and within minutes of sitting down, Shep is regaling us with his little tales about all the women. Sorry, not women. Girls. All the girls he met when he was traveling. He seemed really heartbroken, didn't he? Oh, on that trip? Yeah, very. So, so heartbroken. Very devastated. Uh, he was talking about twins at one point, mm-hmm. and Austin got very very angry what was up with that i i don't know it was probably the same as my own anger honestly like i found it a little bit pathetic because shep you're an old man you are an old man who is chasing these little twin girls who are probably not even out of their teen years yet then again austin also an old man who chases women so i don't really know what i'm talking about here but also It was probably because Austin's got feelings for Taylor. The only reason that he would be so upset at Austin doing that would be because he has some level of like, oh, I gotta protect Taylor. Like, Taylor's a good girl. And look at Shep being like such a piece of shit. I think he just felt Shep was being like disrespectful. Hmm. Coming from another disrespectful man. Okay. Yeah. Makes (laughs) so much sense. That's that's the key part here. And then out of nowhere, JT asks Shep why he let Taylor go. He's like, why did you let her go? 
because he's not going to be able to do any better than her, which is true. Yes. And then I was thinking, like, okay, I got to give this JT guy more of a chance because he is here and he has already shaken things up. Austin's like, oh, my God, he did not just say that. And JT just keeps going. She was perfect. <laughs> you should find a way to marry her. She was a catch. Why would you let her go? Why? Oh, yeah. And Craig is right when he says JT is in love with Taylor. He is oh, absolutely yeah. in love with her. And Shep is absolutely not in love with Taylor, in my opinion, of course, my unbiased opinion here. But then Austin comes and claims his, I don't know, territory? Because mm-hmm. his Taylor Tory. His Taylor Tory. His Taylor Tory. <laughs> yes. Because he says, I also light up when Taylor walks in a room. Mm. Okay, what the hell is happening? I thought Taylor was just some boring blonde girl. I have no idea what's going on. Dudes love boring blonde girls, though, Sarah. Like, oh, yeah, right. Especially, especially in Charleston. Oh, my so I think gross. JT is in love with Taylor, and he's trying to just annihilate the competition by throwing Austin under the bus with Shep. He's like, I'll get Austin out of here so that I can pursue Taylor alone. Austin starts talking about how he spends a lot of time with Taylor and that they're super close. But Shep says, you know, I don't care because I get to keep tabs on Taylor this way through Austin. And this means, you know, he doesn't need to ever talk to Taylor himself. But then Motormouth JT, he's like, you got to be careful because when you have a sleepover with a girl who's your friend's ex... And Shep is totally caught off guard by that. You see the shift in his face? Yeah, you did. But also then JT just like nonchalantly throws in like, yeah, I found out when I called her and asked her to go for coffee the next morning. Taylor is like a hot commodity in Charleston. My God. It's truly. But Shep said, you know, I don't care. I don't care about Austin and Taylor hanging out so much. Which I mm-hmm. I do believe him. I don't think he does care. Shep is just th- so selfish. Mm-hmm. I do feel like when he suspects Austin is hooking up with Taylor, then he cares. These- but do you know why? Do you know why that probably is? Why? Because it's not a love thing. It is a ownership thing. Oh, yes. You know? Yes. Like, these dudes are so nasty. Uh, JT... He's like my little truth teller and (laughs) he is not buying into any of this bro code bullshit because he got harshly rejected by Taylor. And now all cards are on the table. He is seeking revenge and I love it because Mm -hmm. these dudes deserve it. It's awful. They're awful. Austin could not have looked any guiltier when he was being questioned on this. Uh, He was like, listen, no. Okay. Yes. But I thought I thought she left, like when she walked into my room the next morning, and I was like, ah, <laughs> his voice, his face, the way he's like touching his mouth and his yes. like shifty eyes. He's so avoidant. He looks so fucking guilty. But this is where Austin is like, oh, I think of her like a brother, like I'm her protective brother. Craig asks, you know, like, have you ever kissed her? And Austin says no, but his face and his mannerisms definitely say yes and craig knows from his like all his little spy movies and his spy studies that austin is lying because he looked to the left and i'm like i'm fucking with you buddy oh yeah craig absolutely knows taylor slept there and probably Mm -hmm. hooked up with him 
the looks Craig and Austin exchange are fierce. Craig is really trying to sell Austin out. That's how I took it. And Austin is such a bad liar. But I thought Craig and him were bros. So I was shocked by Craig's insistence Mm. on trying to get this out there to Shep. So you will be surprised, I think, as you continue watching the earlier seasons of the show, the friendships that these three have are very contentious. There's so much tension between these three men that dates like way before Taylor. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense because I thought Austin and Craig were super tight. Okay. No, there's a lot of history there. So at this point, Austin makes it so much worse by saying, listen, I have friends in my life that I could share a bed with and nothing could happen. And JT was like, so you would share a bed with her then? And Austin's like, no, 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 that's not what I went. That's not what I know. Meanwhile, Shep is just like staring, but he kind of decides he's going to trust Austin because that's what friends do. I don't know about that. Why do I feel sorry for Shep right now? That's all I could think. (laughs) Should I feel sorry for him? I don't know. (laughs) Because because you're a kind-hearted, empathetic person who hasn't seen all of the episodes that shows you who Shep really is as a man. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You're picking up what Shep wants you to pick up because you don't know what's behind those eyes. It would happen. I would fall in love with Shep. I know I would. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you and the rest of Charleston, the rest of women in Charleston. (laughs) So Vanita and Madison are doing some gardening. And Madison uh, apparently won Yard of the Month two months in a row. I kind of was like, you did, Madison, or your gardener did? Right. They are both struggling to support who Taylor is becoming post-breakup, and they want to try and reel her in a bit. So they're going to have some kind of girls' night. You know, no more dildos, maybe just less dildos. Or, like, just keep your dildos at home, I think. It's going to be the rule going forward. Oh, Narelle, not that forbidden dildo from Taylor. The way (laughs) they are talking about this dildo. Like, burn this woman at the stake. Witch, witch, (laughs) she's a witch. Is this like giving Lisa Vanderpump a dildo? Oh my god, Madison wishes. She, well, she wishes, but I think even Lisa would laugh at that. (laughs) All I can see is Charles the dog. Like, Charles is a main character on the show. It's a bit much, okay? Mm. I think it's super interesting Vanita and Madison are friends because Madison seems terrifying and Vanita is so nice. So Madison tells Vanita she thinks Austin is low-key in love with Taylor. (gasps) The scene has fully been set. I'm very excited to see this blow up. So the guys move on to the next pub at this point. And this is where Shep finally admits to Craig as they're walking that he is a little weirded out by Austin and Taylor remaining friends, or more specifically how close they are. Their friend and new cast member, Rodrigo, arrives, and so far I like him. The subject turns pretty well immediately to sex, and Austin just has to tell everybody that he had sex six days ago with someone that they all know. Hmm, who could that be? Between that 
And then everybody teasing JT for holding out and waiting for Taylor and being in love with Taylor, Shep is starting to get a little bit hot and bothered. He leaves and he goes to the bar and Austin follows him. I think the comments are really starting to get to Shep at this point. Yeah, definitely got that vibe. And I think both Shep and Craig know Austin and Taylor slept together. It's starting to feel like that anyways, because Shep admits it's weird how close they are and how they even got closer after we broke up. But his knowing laugh when he says, you know, Austin is just Austin. Ha ha ha. Like dude has seen Mm -hmm. Austin in action and knows his ex certainly isn't off limits to him. I did love how Shep said to Austin, I just know how much Taylor loved me. That was a direct slight toward Austin. At this point, if I have to pick between these two toxic men, I am Team Shep. Rodrigo nailed it when he said to JT in the background, I knew Austin before he was, you know, before, when he was normal. Now he's a douche. Well, he's always been a douche, but... (laughs) And I'm like, yes, Rodrigo, I am with you. I think Rodrigo is not afraid to spit some truth. I love that for us. To be fair... And you don't know this. Exes are not off limits to Shep either. What? Neither are, yeah, neither are future prospects or current girlfriends. Mm. You haven't got to the part in the series yet, but Shep Mm -hmm. tried to snipe Chelsea away from Austin when Chelsea and Austin were dating. Shep dragged Chelsea out of the bar one night and he tried to push her up against the wall and make out with her and (gasps) was basically like, fuck Austin like he's a loser you should be with me blah 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 there's no bro code with Shep let's be clear okay okay uh-huh Ooh. oh boy okay well Shep so far hasn't seemed to regret his decision on ending things with Taylor is the vibe no. I'm getting it also like you said earlier is not lost on me that the moment he's starting to spiral is once he sees every dude around is crushing on her it's so typical. Yeah. It's a tale as old as time. Mm. Dudes don't want you playing with their toys. Right. And they don't want you, but they don't want anyone else having you either. Exactly. So Craig is trying to get Shep to admit to Austin that he's bothered. And Shep finally says, yes, I'm bothered by the overnight stuff. And Austin said, well, if anything transpired, I would have, you know, had a conversation with you. But Shep throws back, but not for a one night stand. And Austin said, well, that never happened. Craig's reaction in that moment, though, pretty well tells us that he does know Austin has hooked up with her. I'm sure of it. Yeah. And I think Austin has just spent way too much time with Sandoval at this point. Okay, question (laughs) for you as a newbie. Is Craig actually upset for Shep? My thought is that Craig definitely seems like he has a bigger moral compass than these other two. And it's starting to kick into gear because he thinks Austin's actions are deplorable and he doesn't want it on his own conscience. But his eyes, he's got telling, telling eyes. And we're getting all the tea without any words here. That could possibly be exactly what's going on because Craig does fancy himself like the moral compass for the group. He's always the one that even though he usually makes it worse, he jumps into all the fights and tries to like mediate and Uh, with the women and the men, he's the one who wants to make it better, but he usually ends up making it worse. Okay. And 
the history between Shep and Craig is real fucking murky. There's a lot of love there, like you would have for your brother, but there's also a lot of hate. Okay. So... I don't know. I'm not quite sure. I need to, first of all, know if he does know for sure that Austin hooked up with Taylor Mm -hmm. or if he's just guessing. It feels like he knows. So at this point, Shep and Craig are talking privately and Shep says he's 50-50 on whether he thinks something happened with Austin and Taylor. Meanwhile, Austin is downstairs telling JT, like, stop bringing this topic up again. Okay, just drop it. Things are about to heat up, I think, on this show. We're going to get a lot in episode three. I am so excited for episode three because, yeah, I can tell Austin is at his breaking point, And I think Shep is almost enjoying this kind of breaking point a little bit. He feels like he has all the guys on his side, but also, again, I don't know. It's like very strange dynamics. I was crying laughing when JT tells everyone his last ex was his wife and it was a great love story and then discloses he married her so she could get a visa (laughs) and then as quickly as he tells everyone that backtracks on saying that this man truly must be a politician. (laughs) And he's like, he's so much more interesting than I gave him credit for. Also... That comment, though, made me realize he's not nearly as close as like to the cast as we've been led to believe because they didn't even know he was married. They were like, what? Absolutely. Either he really keeps his cards to his chest, which having just (laughs) gone through this episode with him, he absolutely does not. So I just think maybe he's not very close friends, but that's fine. Whatever. I just feel like he's the richest one out of all of them and they're surrounding them. You think so? You know, I don't know. This is the vibe. Because why else would anyone hang out with a person like JT? This is really horrible. (laughs) He's got to be like loaded or super. He is amusing. I mean, he is. He is amusing. Yeah. There's probably a limited supply of friends in Charleston. Like, you all grow up together. And he's a newbie, sort of. Mm. Like, he's been there for years now. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, I would love to go visit Charleston. Oh my God. I would love to. It looks so historical. And we just don't have that much history in Canada, you know? I want to go to the spooky part, the spooky ooky part of Charleston. Yes, 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 yes. Me too. I thought Shep's monologue was so progressive, Narelle. Like, just, you know, women want to work now. And oh my God. It's going to be so different. I thought, wow, we are really dealing. Marriage is just not going to be a thing in the yeah, future. Yeah, what is happening over there, Shep? You cannot pretend like you've been liberated because you're not. No. You're just catching up. Heaven forbid a woman wants to be married and have a career, but that was part of the reason, like part of their, part of the lead up to the breakup with Taylor was him kind of pressuring her to quit her job and travel with him. Mm. I think everybody was saying, don't do it, Taylor. It's real stupid, Taylor. Taylor did it and went and obviously was hoping that they were going to end up together, but it, you know, did not work out that way. Taylor. Okay. My final thought and summary of this episode was, I know Shep cheated on Taylor. So it's not like he can really freak at her. If she did, in fact, sleep with Austin, 
Mm. Uh, he, I mean, if at all. He can't at all get mad at her for that. But despite all the shitty things Shep has done, he can still be very pissed at Austin if Austin slept with Taylor. Absolutely. He doesn't have a foot to stand on with Taylor, but you do with your best friend. Yeah, legit. That's awful. I'm going to I'm going to be really curious to see if Austin brings up what happened with Chelsea and Shep at all in this season. I hope he does. Yeah. Just throw in Shep's face. Right. Like is it a vengeance fuck or what? Part of it. Yeah. I think part of it for sure. Anyways, guys, that is the end of Southern Charm. Yay! Let's do Rony, baby. All right, let's get it over and done with. Let's get it over with. All right, guys, we're here for another exhausting episode of Real Housewives of New York. (laughs) Season 14, episode 11. Hard to believe. Only 11 episodes. <laughs> the Case of the Missing Phone, part 800. Okay. Mm. <laughs> yes. I'm going to, I'm going to talk as fast as I can to get this over and done with. Okay. Bear with me. Love it. <laughs> we open up to the, okay, it's not going to work out well. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. I just talk really slowly. I'm trying to talk faster. We open up to the continuation of Uba and Aaron fighting. Shocker. Aaron accuses Uba of talking at her and screaming in her face. Then Bran, doing what Bran does best, puts on a baby voice and baby face and says, Why are mom and dad fighting? I My eyes are still rolled into the back of my head. Okay, guys? Oh my god. Absolutely. I just wanted to point out as well, I didn't note this down, but... During my rewatch, I realized this and I forgot that. Anyways, I forgot to put this in the notes. Aaron is the one who kind of instigated this argument. Like, Uba was ignoring her. Uba was trying, like, absolutely ignoring her. And Aaron comes up to her out of nowhere because all Uba said was Aaron's, Aaron was just here or Aaron's around the corner or something. And Aaron's like, don't say my name. Don't Don't say say my name. Did you say my name? Don't say my name. I heard you say my name. And it was like, I didn't say your name. I didn't say your name. I didn't say your name. Exactly. At that point, Uba like loses her mind. And I'm like, oh, you fucking bitch. It was you, Aaron. It was you all along. It's always Aaron. It's always Aaron. It is Aaron. It is always Aaron. (laughs) And then Sai, at this point, says the first of many times that she says this. Come on, guys. Let's just have a good time. Okay. It's our last day. Because Sai doesn't care. She does not care. Sai doesn't care, and I don't care about Sai. Okay? She's done for me. That's fair. She needs to go. Yep. I, I want to get out my toxic energy about Sai right now and get it over with because I honestly cannot stand watching her. She's no. the worst housewife I have ever seen in my life. She cuts all the drama down and dismisses everything. Anyway, let's, let's, let's carry on. I fucking knew, too. When I saw those kitchen cabinets of her, you I knew. <laughs> There's no way she's never going to be a good person. I absolutely called it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Brandon and Cy comfort Aaron while Aaron's pretending to cry about her big interaction with Uba. And they agree with her that this wasn't okay on Uba's part. Cy just wants to get the show on the road. Okay? 
So <laughs> Uma takes Aaron's sunnies after she rips them off her face. Uh, and she says, I'm going to take them for the same amount of time. Aaron held my phone in custody. You and know what, though? I actually believed Aaron's tears because she said that this was the worst conflict she's ever had in her whole life. I feel as if I have had worse conflict than that, like, in this past week. Okay? Like, it didn't even phase me. But hey, you know what? That's okay. Because God gives his silliest battles to his funniest clowns. That's what I tell myself. Anyways. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron is... I just think Aaron's not used to being, like, on the defense. She's used to being on the offense. So when you kick her off, when you flick Aaron off of the defense... No, I got I got that wrong. When you flick her off of the offense <laughs> pedestal, she flounders. She doesn't know what to do. She's so uncomfortable. I think this really was the worst thing that's ever happened to Aaron, and that's why she's crying. She's pathetic. Be. Sorry. She, I mean, she is so used to being the queen bee, is my take on it, that mm-hmm. she cannot tolerate anyone going against her. It's very evident and very painful to watch as a viewer. <laughs> Hi, Bravo. <laughs> Please listen to this. So Jenna tries to ask Uba for Aaron's sunglasses back before they hit up a rum bar, which is super awesome when you have two sober people on the cast. And Uba flat out refuses. Uba's like, no. I am tired of people not thinking of single girls that need to check in with their families. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that is a kind of ridiculous excuse. But I am team Uba, okay? Because I hate Aaron. Honestly, Uba could do anything and I would still be team Uba over Aaron. I'm just going to be real. Legit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, in the golf carts on the way to the rum tasting, Bryn tells Uba, Uba, you always hit so low. And Uba freaks out at this point and says, Bryn, Aaron slags you all the time. And then you guys just kiss and make up immediately. And I don't roll like that. So beat it. You know what? Like Bryn's point was solid. Uba, you were right. But it gets totally lost when you yell about it like this because everyone can only see the yelling. That's my only thing with Uba in this situation. If she had just kept it a little bit dialed down, everybody or nobody would have had a leg to stand on and Aaron would have looked even worse in this situation. But Aaron just has an opportunity to hide behind the yelling at that point. And that's what annoyed me because I want Aaron, I want her to be exposed. Aside from that, This is where Bryn starts to shift against Aaron a little bit. You can see the wheels turning. You can see her little mind working. She's like, Mm -hmm. hmm, hmm, that's a good point, Uba. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm with you, Narelle. I don't like that Uba got in Aaron's face. I don't condone that kind of behavior. I do think it was a little too excessive, but... Yeah, uh, I want Uba to win here. So uh, Bryn is right. Keep your cool. Keep your cool. So the ladies get to the rum bar and there is a literal storm of brewing. Bryn tells the waiter she's wet because it's raining. Oh my God. And Sai is touching up her makeup like no one is around. Uh, she then offers to bartend because she thinks she's the main character, guys. <laughs> Sai is just so, okay, it's happening again. She's just so high on herself, and she thinks this is her show, and that's why she tries to direct people continually, and it is so exhausting and boring, because Sai is exhausting and boring. Next. And listen, 
She poured some shots of fireball, okay? Come on, maybe make a cocktail or even pour a fucking beer. Show us what kind of bartending skills you actually really have. If you're going to make a big deal about it, about getting behind the bar and you used to be a bartender and I'm side, I'm so cool and quirky, like make it, you know, make it real. And then Bryn, this annoyed, the, oh my God, we're so bitter and angry, but this annoyed the crap out of me as well. Bryn, not to be outdone by the attention that Sai was getting, was like, do you guys want to see me do my old job? And then kind of mimes getting on the bar to dance. But nobody laughs, including oh, everybody God. watching at home, because we're over you, Bryn. Yeah, it's... Ugh. Okay, also, Sarah. What? Are we just going to blow past the whole tampon conversation that happened in the car on the way to the bar, where Jenna <laughs> <Yes>. accidentally... <laughs> Where Jenna says she accidentally left the cardboard applicator inside of herself the first time because that reminds me of somebody. Hmm. I have no idea. I have no idea who you're talking about. What? Me? What? <laughs> I'll never forget when you told me that. Okay. If Jenna Lyons did it, I don't feel as bad. So thank you, Jenna, for sharing this beautiful story with the world because I did the exact same thing. It did make me understand you a little bit, or I sh- it made me judge you a little bit less when I heard Jenna Lyons did that as well. Because I remember when you told me, I was like, how the fuck did how you the fuck? And I was laughing so hard because I remember that day, my first time ever trying to use a tampon, I then had to go sit at the hairdresser. Okay? Oh that was not comfortable. Oh I'm just going to throw that out there. With the cardboard applicator. Yes. It was, it, was, it was a time and I'll never forget it. Neither will I. And now neither will anybody else who listens to our podcast. Yeah. Hi, my name's Sarah. I left a cardboard applicator inside <laughs> me. <laughs> well, I got my haircut. Oh my God. Getting my Jennifer Aniston haircut. That was a Courtney Cox haircut. I was just going to say, was that, the, was that the time you got the Monica? <laughs> Fucking hell. I think it was dare you oh god well Narelle, the timer goes off and it's time for uba to return aaron's sunnies this went well <laughs> <laughs> so, somehow with just a very small exchange we end up with uba telling aaron she abuses bryn and tells the whole group that aaron called bryn a social climber three months ago aaron responds reasonably just kidding of course <laughs> and she takes off she runs away again I'm strangely back at the wreath-making event, but this time, Jenna follows her. This is my summary of Erin. She surrounds herself with the Brins of the world, who beg for forgiveness for being abused. And Uba is probably one of the very, very few people who will not back down. Yes. And that's why she's so uncomfortable and doesn't know how to handle it. So I was a little bit surprised slash disappointed that Jenna followed Aaron and kind of seemed to like side with her. I think if Uba had approached this whole situation differently and not done as much yelling, like Jenna probably would have stayed behind and not chased after Aaron. Seemed to me that Jenna's main gripe was all of the yelling because I know she made that comment about like, I just, it's, you know, we're in a public establishment and i just don't like all of the yelling like yes, yes. 
I mean, I get it. <laughs> I do too, but like, come on. Come on. You've got a film crew there. Like, everybody knows you're on a show. No doubt. This actually made me agree with what you've said about Jenna in the past, which is that I kind of doubt she's coming back next season. If you can't handle this level of yelling, honey, you might not be cut out for this. No, imagine if that was a napkin thrown in her face, like, oh my lord. Right? My god. And Bryn, so butthurt over the whole ladder comment, because she thinks she took the elevator, honey. Of course she did. Of course she did. <laughs> I don't. Oh, yeah. Don't. I, nope. Not, nope. <laughs> around, around this point, I think it was where Jenna and Aaron came back. But they, like, hide at the other end of the bar so nobody else knows that they've come back. And Aaron is annoyed that nobody else has come to look for her. Only Jenna. Nobody else. And she's just kind of watching them at the bar. Like, look at them. Still having fun and limboing. (laughs) How dare they? Aaron says, I really have no respect for any of them anymore. Like, please. They're on vacation. And they're at a rum bar. And the old man, Jeff, comes up and asks them to limbo. No, no, we have to go chase after Aaron because, you know, she doesn't have her sunglasses. Like, shut up. Oh, Aaron, just try to have a little fun, okay? She is the no fun zone. I would never vacation with Aaron, even if I was paid to. Jesus. Okay, we're at a new location, I think, for dinner, whatever. And Uba is still going in on Aaron. This is where I started getting uncomfortable because it is excessive. Yeah. And, but I, I think it's genuine anger from Uba. And I don't want to take it away from her. But I mean, dude, I'm going to ask you something. Okay. Would you rather be pushed in a pool fully clothed or have your phone taken from you? Oh, <laughs> I don't actually know. Uh-huh. Um. In the con, like in this specific context, mm-hmm. I'd rather have my phone taken from me. Yeah, me too. I don't think I would really be that bothered, especially if I was on a cast trip, felt like surrounded by producers and people. Like I would have been like, "Go get me a new phone." Hmm. And Aaron handled that pretty well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the problem here is I think Aaron is being so relentless. And it's what's driving Uba's anger at this point. She's not trying to make amends or attempting to connect with Uba. And mm. she's never apologized, really, sincerely. So what does Aaron do again, Narelle? She takes off. <laughs> Bye, girl. Bye-bye. That's all Aaron knows how to do. My kind of like rule of thumb when it comes to pranks is you are never allowed to get mad at the person who you're pranking. Like... If a prank goes wrong, it's always going to be the fault of the pranker, not the pranky. So all Aaron really had to do was say, fuck, Uba, I never thought of it that way. I'm sorry. I should not have taken your phone. And I'm sure Uba would have just de-escalated entirely. So you're right. It's about the not even attempting to make amends and the relentlessness that Aaron's just like holding on because Aaron's never wrong, you guys. I just think Uba was over it. And I think she's probably been stifling herself a lot. You know, it's been how many months of her seeing Aaron stir all of this shit about the rest of the cast and get away with it. I think Uba hit the wall, the Aaron wall. And TBH, so have I. Yeah, fair, fair. I mean, I can't blame her. Girl would have been thrown into the ocean at this point. <laughs> yeah. 
I made a note here because I said we're only 20 minutes in and I feel like the episode should be over by now. Not in a good way. Nothing is happening at all. Like the most drama that we're getting this season has been over fucking sunglasses. For real. (sighs) At the very least, they seem to be all working out that Aaron's the source of all the tension so far and that she's like the resident shit stirrer. So that's good, I guess. But yeah, guys, like episode 11, they're on their, their one big girls trip and this is it. Yeah, last chance, and I think they failed. I appreciated Uba getting real about Black angry women and that narrative, and it was a very good opportunity for everyone to listen, but don't worry, Sai shuts it down again. The same woman who mimicked the Caribbean woman's accent while ordering a drink. I noticed that. She is the worst and yep. she tries to correct her behavior in a confessional. It's too late. You, you're done. You're done. You're done with me. And that's enough. <laughs> you, can, you can just tell. Like, Sai doesn't care for anybody at all. At base level, she only seems to get emotionally invested in stuff that pertains to Sai, like, directly. Or if someone is trying to dethrone her as the trauma gladiator. Yeah, I can't help but flash back to that conversation from I don't know which episode it was, but an earlier episode where she's sitting down with her husband and she is talking about how she doesn't feel much empathy for other people. And at the time I was like, I don't know, Sai, you seem pretty empathetic. But now I'm like, oh, okay, I totally get it. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. So Bryn decides it's also a good opportunity for her to get emotional because we're back. We're back in the trauma Olympics. And she's talking about her Mimi, which was really cute because my son calls my mom Mimi. And I thought, aw. And Bryn explains that Mimi just wanted Bryn to marry rich. She didn't care about any of her own achievements. Men were the priority. And flirting made her popular. So that's why she continues to do it. So what was that story about Bryn, like she was pre-med and she was in school and she talked about jumping up on a table in a skirt and dissecting a cadaver like a cannibal. Oh, uh, honestly. But then didn't elaborate. The uh, subject just changed. And I was just like, what? That was fucking weird. The whole thing's weird. And I know Bryn is probably trying to excuse her flirtatious behavior her only personality on the show, unfortunately, that or crying. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It's not enough for me. Nope. Erin is back at the villa and she calls daddy and she breaks down into tears and talks about how awful the interaction with Uba was. Then in a confessional, she's talking about how, how it felt when I was young and I was bullied for my long jaw and... <laughs> A boy called her Long Jaw Silvers. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. It's pretty Stop. clever. I can't laugh. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> Long Jaw Just say it out loud, everyone. Long Jaw Silvers. <laughs> Horrifying. Fuck, man. Even when Erin is trying to talk to us about her trauma her childhood trauma she's so unrelatable i wish that's all i was fucking called as a kid man (laughs) 
Okay, she was actually very relatable for me because I was called Jay Leno by a group of dudes (laughs) for like over a year in high school. But I I didn't carry that shit with me into my late 30s to use as an excuse. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I just long jaw jaw silver silver really got me. (laughs) Really got me. Also, did you notice she told her dad that she gave Uba her phone back within two minutes? What? During the prank. She yeah. did. She's it. like, Uba got her phone back within two minutes. Why exaggerate if you think you're right, Aaron? Ooh, mm-hmm. You little bitch. You little bitch. Yeah. This is what she does yep. to daddy, I guess. Mm. They're back in the golf carts on their way back to the villa, and it's Jessel, Bryn, and Sai. And Bryn tells Jessel that Aaron talks mad shit about her. And she thinks she's the dum-dum of the group. Bryn's starting to turn on Aaron. But my girl Jessel, I love her so much. She pulls out her why I hate Aaron list. <laughs> and girl, I am fucking here for it. Jessel doesn't get mad. She gets even. I make lists for everything. Like, if I was ever a housewife, I would definitely have an ongoing list in my phone oh as my well. God, this was so good. Terrifying. <laughs> I'm fucking here for it. I am so here for it. I need to see Jessel's list about everybody else, though. Like, I know she has them. She's got a list on everybody, and I need to see it itemized immediately. Yes, I love her. I love her. I love her. I love her. The ladies arrive back at the villa and immediately we see Aaron is, I think, clearly wasted. And then when she sees Uba, she says, come, Uba, come, like a dog. My my long jaw dropped. Okay. Uh, This (laughs) doesn't go well, especially because Uba has lost her fucking phone again. Well, she's lost. Oh, my God. Oh, God. So cringe. Uba, come. Uba, sit. Uba, apologize. Good Uba. Oh my God. When Uba stopped and she was like, nope, say it differently. Say it nicer. I felt better because I would have flipped my fucking lid. Are you kidding me? So, so awkward that Uba left her phone in the car again at that moment. (laughs) When she's trying to demonstrate how important her phone is to her, I was like, oh, bitch. Oh, no. What have you done? Whoa. Why did you think Aaron was wasted, by the way? I just something in her mannerism and just the way she stood there. Like, her hair was a mess. She's like, Uba, come. And I I thought no one in a sober (laughs) mind could fucking do that. Okay? True. This woman is unhinged. That is a good point. Well, she's a victim, Narelle. She's such a victim. She's, you know, drinking by herself to, you know, make herself feel better. And then we flash over to Jessel in the hot tub. The best fucking part of this episode was Jessel in that hot tub eavesdropping with her phone, probably adding to her list, as Brent said. I was crying. Oh, my God. It was too good because she absolutely was. She was editing it for sure. (laughs) The ladies all gather in the hot tub and more ridiculous drama ensues. Bryn is so pissed about the social climber comment. And I think that's just being enhanced with booze. Erin basically admits she said it and then doubles down in her confessional about it. 
Does anyone else think it's annoying as fuck when someone like Erin gets away with saying the stuff she says while simultaneously being the nitpickiest of the fucking nitpickers when it comes to being disrespected by others? (laughs) Yes, I noticed that. So Erin and Bryn are going off in the hot tub still and Uba starts to defend Bryn and then Erin yells to Uba, be quiet, shut up. And then Uba calls Erin a liar. And Erin then accuses Uba of abusing her and turning everyone mm-hmm. against her. It was really, really Karen-esque of Erin to do this. It was awful. She said it really shrill too. Shut up, shut up, shut up. I was like, okay, well, easy there. But she felt cornered, I guess. And the look on her face when Uba said everyone else was mad at her too. I think she knew it was true. Mm-hmm. And this is what, like, just pushed her over the edge. Yeah. Good point. But then Aaron breaks down. So the tears start flowing. And as it goes with this group of women, when tears flow, all is magically forgiven. Uba just wants Aaron to admit her gossip. And side defends Aaron. Of course. And in the most obnoxious, I can't, I can't, the most obnoxious way possible, all Sai does is sit there and she goes, can I have some popcorn? Bye, bitch. Get out of here. Go get your own damn popcorn. You suck. Sai didn't give a fucking fuck. Literally staring at Aaron as Aaron is crying and Sai is just eating popcorn. Like. A psycho. It's psycho. It would be funny, I think, if it was anyone else doing it other than Sai. Sai doing it, I'm just like, you're garbage. You are garbage. Yeah, she doesn't care at all. She was probably just hungry and her knees come over mm-hmm. everyone else's. Yep. It was an interesting conversation that Aaron and Uba had. And Aaron, uh, the, her way with words, I'm scared to be friends with you, Uba. That's a really nasty thing to say and very spoiled. Yeah. Thing to say yeah yeah she's she's giving easy life no <laughs> suffering nobody has ever held this adult woman accountable and it fucking shows mm-hmm. Norelle Bryn flirting with Jenna just fucking grosses me out I don't care about your history oh I don't care about your excuses it's continual and it's icky and don't tease Jenna like that Bryn don't you dare tease my Jenna like that. I think I hate it an extra amount because Jenna doesn't seem to know what to do with it or how to behave. It's as if she wants to reciprocate, but she's just too awkward about it. She doesn't she doesn't know how. This is literally me every time in my entire life an attractive man has ever pursued me. The awkward confusion I feel, but it's also paired with like wanting to seem cool with it. And I think that's what Bryn enjoys is the making Jenna flustered part. So that's why it's icky to me because it just comes off as Bryn, again, trying to get attention and she gets off on it. She loves making Jenna flustered. She's never going to follow through on it. And so that is just gross. Ew, it is gross. I cannot stand it. Very uncomfortable to watch. I don't like watching people flirt with other people very much, like The Bachelor. I can't even watch The Bachelor. (laughs) But this is a next level ick for me. Uh, But Bryn, did you notice how much Bryn was shitting on Jessel in like this strange way this episode? She was saying like, 
Oh, Jessel's here. I forgot. Ha ha ha. Multiple times. It was, is this a jealousy thing or what? I noticed that. I don't know what it is, but the easiest answer is usually the right one. And that would be jealousy. So we've got their dinner next where everything is okay again. Thank fuck because I'm over it. And they're all bonding over which outfits they love of each other's. Oh my gosh. These friendships really run deep, don't they? Mm, I just saw the preview for next week and I <laughs> trying to be optimistic, <laughs> but I'm over it. And I want a few yeah. of these women just to fuck off. Like, sigh, Erin. Yep. Bye. Bryn, honestly, not too far behind either. I, I, it's just, I know I'm being negative, guys. I just can't. It's really hard. I can't help it. I get to a certain point of trying to be positive when it's just not going to fucking work anymore. And I'm not going to be phony to you guys, okay? Yeah. This is not a phony podcast. Podcast? 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 This is not a phony podcast. We're not phony. (laughs) No. We're just assholes, apparently. It's fine. Not a phony podcast, and I say it in a weird fucking accent out of nowhere. Not a phony podcast at all. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. I got to be real. I fucking, I hate all of them. But- Totally excited for next week. <laughs> yeah, Jessel. Team Je- I'm I'm only Team Jessel. The rest of them, bye. Anyway. How much longer do you think till the finale? Uh, it's uh, usually pretty soon after the girls' trip. You know what? I'm going to Google it. Hold on. I Googled it already. There's at least two episodes left. Is there? Yeah. No. No. Oh, God. There's. Maybe I Googled it last week, though. Google it now. Uh, yeah. Two more episodes that I can see. And neither of them are finale, are they? No, it doesn't say. Yeah. So there's two more non-finale episodes at Uh, least. Oh, it's all sigh, sigh, sigh. Anyway, (laughs) that makes me sigh, okay? Yeah. Okay. Well, Well, you know what? That's Roni. Let's go to Salt Lake because that will cheer us up. Thank God for Salt Lake. Okay, let's go. Alrighty, so Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Season 4, Episode 4, Don't Be a Drag. Narelle, so much happens in the show, even in the bloody opener. Meredith is eating caviar for breakfast because she's ridiculous. Angie is borrowing a Sharpie to make her a t-shirt and gets absolutely ridiculed (laughs) for it by a staff member, which says it all. Heather is still puking and we hear all about it. And Lisa and Whitney are talking about the night before. Yep. Can I just say, loving the audio of Heather puking behind the door. It's good stuff. Good stuff. (laughs) I love that. Thank you very much for including that in the show. (laughs) Whitney thinks Meredith manipulates situations by dropping random and elusive statements in a way to hide behind those situations and not deal with the actual problem at hand. And I have to fully agree, but that's kind of also why we love Meredith, because she's so kooky. Lisa Mm -hmm. also agrees, but prefers to stay out of it because, let's be real, she just got Meredith last season, and that was enough. Mm. Okay. But Whitney references the child again. The three-year-old grandson, whatever, child. 
Is this the infamous disabled child? Who is this child? Who? What is happening? What is happening? And that's why Meredith is so frustratingly delicious. Because you have no idea what she's ever talking about. So we'll Mm -hmm. have to wait and see if it ever comes out. Meredith and Monica. This was such an interesting scene for me because Monica comes to Meredith's room and Meredith approves of her because she was so kind during the Angie dispute. I mean, Angie brought Monica into the group, so it is a little bit awkward. But Monica says she thinks Angie's actions last night were very tacky. But Meredith reminds her it's also slander. Fucking dramatic. I love it. Monica is so far up Meredith's butt this whole trip. Uh, But I did respect her because she was honest with Angie about her weird and unexplainable behavior. I was definitely getting big. Queen Meredith rewarding her peasant for the loyalty vibes. I can't say I'm really going to blame Monica, though. Like, is she meant to stick by Angie's side? Because honestly, I'd sooner die because <laughs> I don't like Angie. <laughs> I also loved Heather saying that her drinking espresso martinis the night before was a test to see who would keep her on track. Lady, <laughs> those martinis were a test for your liver and for your bladder. And they both failed. <laughs> oh, Heather. The ladies gather at the motel in their Meredith Marks custom tees. Before they meet Man Cliff for a trust exercise. And before we can figure out what a Man Cliff is, Angie K walks out <laughs> in her, her own custom tee with the slogan, All Tricks, No Trust, with a giant by Angie K on the back. I was crying. <laughs> I'm like more irritated with this and with Angie already. First of all, the sizing of the lettering, way too big. Way too big. You couldn't even see the whole sentence across her chest. That was a fail. <laughs> Angie, babe. And then why would you put your name on the back like that? By Angie K. Deceased. It's just the most Angie K thing ever. It is. And I love it. So before the door is hardly open to the Puketon Sprinter van, we see Mary refusing to participate in what looks like an obstacle course set out for these women. So she knows who to trust here, guys. She knows. Her hired help. Did you, didn't you know? <laughs> Mary, you just made me puke in my mouth. A la Heather Gay style, babe. <laughs> and she says it's because she's not ready to take this step with the group. But we all know damn well it's because it's raining outside and she isn't into that. Oh, Mary is living her best friend of life on this trip <laughs> where she's not required to participate in anything. <laughs> so a foundational trust activity for this group of dysfunctional women is in place (laughs) and the ultimate reward is trust but they were hoping for something a little more monetary i think uh we see the women join in pairs and one other person is blindfolded and has to be instructed how to get through the obstacle course it actually looked like a lot of fun this would be super bonding and i really absolutely enjoyed seeing heather and angie kind of working together and getting along (laughs) and i absolutely enjoyed seeing meredith say of course the crasher is the one who gets the most out of this exercise i hope she gets her money's worth out of this free trip (laughs) (laughs) yes the shade 
Meanwhile, Mary is demanding a double shot coconut oat soy matcha latte or some bullshit from production while complaining this isn't luxurious enough for her. (laughs) Mary is the worst. Dude, I gotta say though, Mary lost me here when after Meredith tells Mary, I just... I just wish you would have joined in, Mary. But she basically says she doesn't want to grow with the group. Okay, Mary, if you don't want to grow with the group, why are you here, girl? For a paycheck or what? Can I just say one thing, though? I wish I was as oblivious as Lisa Barlow. Because Mary (laughs) annihilates her constantly. And she's just like, oh, oh, okay, Mary. Okay, Mary. And then she just keeps trying. I love it. Yep. Oblivious. Mary is just, she's so quick to shut everybody down. It is super amusing, but it's also super weird that she's being allowed to get away with it. I wonder how much is Bravo paying her to sit in a fucking sprinter van? We're still getting a lot of classic Maryisms in these episodes, but like at some point they're going to have to force her to participate. Otherwise, why are you here? Yeah, truly. So Whitney needs to back off of overtaking Meredith's trip, don't you think? Yeah. You know, I mean, first Angie K that and that whole deal, and then stealing the good rooms, and now a drag makeup competition. I will say, even though I think she's being rude as hell, this sounds like way more fun than anything Meredith Marks could have ever planned. Oh, way more fun. Absolutely. But I felt the same. She's basically goading Meredith as hard as she can, but also trying to keep it nonchalant. But like, I see you, Whitney. I see what you're doing. You're trying to make Meredith snap. Yes, it's kind of silent gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Lisa has now taken on Mary and shitting all over Whitney's fun event that she's planned. Do you think this is all because Lisa doesn't want to show her naked face on screen? I feel like she did recently, so I'm kind of confused. Lisa runs to production to bitch, and she is crying because this is just such a horrific thing. They're doing their own makeup, too. It's not like they're fully exposed. If I had a friend react like this to a makeup competition, I, I would be gravely concerned. And want to know why? Because I can't figure it out. The problem with Lisa is that she won't say the real reason. She'll mask it under her richy rich bullshit. I, I, I don't know. Like if I heard a friend flipping the fuck out through those motel walls, calling her husband, talking about 60000 a year on Glam. By the way, it's always 60000 with Lisa, isn't it? It's always 60000 <laughs> How she gets, you know, her makeup done daily to go to the grocery store. I don't, I don't think I'd even want to ask my friend what was up. Like, I mean, Fair. like she calls the producer in to explain what a good sport she is. But then she starts to cry. Then the fucking executive producer gets called in. And Lisa descends into what can only really be described as at least a pre-anxiety attack yeah she's like i will put up with everything but this is like my this is my face my face my face and i'm sorry what is everything that you put up with if doing your own makeup is where you draw the line and have a panic attack Mm. and then she's like i have glam in monaco i have a glam in saint saint tropez i have glam everywhere i go i like to look a certain way in public 
This woman is crazy fucking insecure. It really is just about her face. I don't get it. I, don't, I can't figure it out. We need clarification. Okay. So it is time for the drag show. And I loved this so fucking much. Whitney and Monica brought it. Angie and Heather looked not that much different than they normally do, but they did try hard. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, man. When Angie walked out, I was like, wait, did did she only put a wig on? Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I mean, of all times, now was the time for the face shield goggles. What a waste. <laughs> She didn't, her face did not look different at all. No. But no, I I, no. I give her an A for effort, okay? I'm pretty sure she brought that outfit with her as well. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> Fuck, love Angie, man. But then Meredith, Lisa, and Mary come out, and they look like the biggest bunch of fucking assholes I've ever seen. There was literally zero difference in any of them. It was pathetic. If I were Monica, I would have taken that hairspray and sprayed it in their faces because they suck so (laughs) bad. They're the no fun zone. This whole cast has like, it's really split 50-50. No fun zone, people. Yeah, it was so lame. We already knew Lisa wasn't going to do it. And I guess we could probably assume Mary wasn't going to do it either because Mary doesn't do anything. And Meredith, well, I think she was doing it or not doing it out of petty protest because she didn't organize it and she is the host this was so fun because lisa's sitting there smiling like she's in a real pageant she's like look and she i think she really feels her makeup artist rocked this okay she is going she to did. win. She did. Standing there smiling, waiting for her flowers and her crown. And I think Meredith didn't do it because she knew Lisa wasn't going to do it. And she didn't want to look like an idiot and have Lisa look so good. Mm. Crazy. So That's much fun. I love it. probably exactly true. Monica won and she deserved it. She was so funny. Whitney looked amazing too. So the women have dinner and they are divided into the people who actually attempted to participate versus the women who did not try at all. And then Mary, sweet baby Mary says, everyone has been quiet to me all night. Well, Mary, for God's sake, Mary, maybe that's because you didn't try and you're the worst. Okay. But Lisa, you know, tries says, Mary, do you want to come hang out? And then Mary shoots back. Don't try to change it and make it fake. What? What? <laughs> Are you mad you lost, Mary? What's going on over there? <laughs> I, think, I think she's just mad. Like, insane. <laughs> yes. This woman has zero shame. She snaps at the most benign comments sometimes. It's, <laughs> it'll be nothing. Like, hey, Mary girl, come sit over here. She's like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> And you're like, okay. She's out of control. <laughs> she really is. When Monica described them as wet noodles, I'm like, yes. Wet noodles. That's what they are. And Lisa, 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 you are trying too hard to play both sides. These women are so not fun. 
and they're mad they're being called on it and are all like mm-hmm. Lisa is just too fabulous for everyone. Meredith is I have no idea. We have talking about <laughs> sick babies somewhere. When Lisa comes back like mid conversation and they're all talking about the fact she's a wet noodle. She's like, What are you guys talking about? <laughs> you <laughs> In her confessional, she's like, if Wet Noodle looks like pretty girl and head to toe Isabel Morant with good makeup, then yeah, I'm a Wet Noodle. Yes, lady, you are a Wet Noodle. You, you are more Wet noodle now. Yes, exactly. You just became even noodlier. You're a whole package of noodles, bitch. Yeah, oh. but the brand name, the brand name yeah. kind of Wet Noodle. <laughs> The expensive kind of wet noodle. The cantelli. Yeah. <laughs> Not the cantelli. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, the Olivieri. Oh, <laughs> Trader oh Joe's. Okay. Too good. Too oh, good. Oh. oh, I'm crying. I okay. needed that. Seriously. <laughs> then Monica says she's disappointed. You know, Lisa didn't dress up. And there's a long pause, lots of stares, and then Lisa says, I am dressed up. I'm in head-to-toe couture. I got Valentino shoes on, a Fendi bag, and beautiful eyeshadow. And then she smirks, this is drag for me. You fucking bitch, man. <laughs> and then Meredith slurs, everybody's entitled to their interpretation. What works for them? <laughs> So Monica, at this point, she's like, I'm just going to be honest. And then she clips her big bouffant back and starts to cry. And then Angie, (laughs) Angie was like, do you want to hold my flamingo? (laughs) (laughs) In chaos. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. When Monica starts crying and bringing up how... Tone deaf Lisa is in regards to her $60,000 ring and all of her possessions. I was like, yay, Monica, but you are killing the mood, okay? Lisa refuses to apologize for being rich. I, I get that. She shouldn't have to, but maybe she should perhaps sit with this and reflect a little bit because it's very obtuse behavior on Lisa. And that's yeah. why we love Lisa, though. As a viewer, as a person, oh no, no, she's she is obtuse and horrible. Oh no, oh no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I think we've got two very insecure women here, and they're fighting about their insecurities. Monica and the way she's coming down on Lisa for being rich and flaunting it, it's because Monica feels lesser than, and Lisa being unable to participate in the group activity because of her face. I guess, and how important it is to her. My face! My face! (laughs) I pay $60,000 for it every year. (laughs) When Angie chimes in and Meredith keeps talking, Monica says, nobody can hear yet because your dog's barking for you. Which, this kind of comment always goes over really well in these franchises. Like, the dog comparisons, people love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a real winner. So, Mary... Won't come in to the club. And uh, yeah, for fuck's sake, Mary. Yep. She tells Meredith to signal back to me if you think I should come in. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm good. I mean, all right. When she walked out in her fucking leisure suit and her sandals, 
we all knew we all at that knew. point. Like she's she's not coming in. <laughs> she's got big plans, and it does not involve this club. Okay. Oh, if I were Meredith, I'd be like, "You can leave, Mary." <laughs> Yeah. But no. You can come in the bar with <laughs> us. So then Lisa approached what I think is a very drunk Monica. Dude, I am so team Monica. Lisa, you are so obtuse and materialistic. Just admit you care more about image. Don't pretend you don't. Meredith, you too. Mary, we don't care what you think. And neither do you. <laughs> No. Obtuse doesn't even begin to describe Lisa. She says, you think I can't relate to middle class America? And Monica is like, middle class Americans don't have $60,000 rings. And Meredith knowingly says, yes, they do. Meredith. <laughs> they do. <laughs> All right, Sarah, where's my $60,000 oh ring? God, I don't even have a 60K car, man. Like, no, it's wild. I laughed my fucking ass off when Whitney and Meredith kind of start getting into things a little bit. And then all of a sudden, Meredith just pops up. Well, I've had a two day headache. I can't. (laughs) I was laughing so hard. But then I stopped because Meredith just went rage mode and she flipped on Whitney for calling her out on her random excuses. She went crazy over the child again. You're talking about a child! Yeah, Whitney says, so it's someone's um sister-in-law's grandson, three-year-old, and it's a headache and it's this and that. <laughs> and Volcano Meredith just erupts again. You are disgusting! You take a sick child who will suffer for the rest of his life to weaponize against me? Don't you dare! And storms off. Angie says during all of this, let's not go there tonight. Okay, so who is this kid? Because now Angie is kind of referencing the kid, right? As if the kid is real. Yeah, that's... What does this have to do with Angie and her husband? There's something going on here. Yeah, there is. By the way, Mary getting the McDonald's in the in the Sprinter van. <laughs> I've always wondered my entire life, who's getting the fish burgers at McDonald's? <laughs> I've never had a fish burger, and I've never been with anybody who's had a fish burger, and yet it's always on the menu. Now I know. <laughs> it's the Marys. Oh They're getting the fish burgers. I used to get them sometimes when I was Stop a kid. <laughs> yes. No, you didn't. I did. But I haven't. I honestly have not had one for years. Maybe I should try one. Oh, Mary. I probably should. Meredith is just attacking everyone at this point, And then she calls Angie a pit bull, which I mean, yeah. And Angie, <laughs> in typical pit bull fashion, just won't let it go. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, she uh, she really stepped into the name there. The way that Meredith was referencing being attacked by Angie like an animal. The previous night, and then out of nowhere, Angie's, like, fluorescent bobblehead just appears over Whitney's shoulder. <laughs> She's like, did you just call me a pitbull? Did you just call me a pitbull, Meredith? <laughs> but everyone just keeps turning their back on her and just completely ignoring her repeatedly. It was <laughs> it awesome. Was so good. It was so good. And did you see Monica started just, like, 
stroking Meredith's hair as Angie was trying to get their attention. Monica was like petting Meredith's hair. Monica needs to stop kissing yeah. Meredith's ass because I like Monica. I, I I like her. I think she's great. Stop it. You're don't pick this side, Monica. You're gonna get burned. Yeah. It's, it's, it's too much. <laughs> Easy back. Yeah, yeah. Well, my girl Angie K comes out with a real zinger. Meredith, you look like a trampoline with eyes. <laughs> I can't help. I don't care what anyone says. That was bloody hilarious and fucking oddly accurate, okay? Oh my god, bless her fucking heart. She tries. She really tries to come in with these one-liners sometimes. What does that even mean? Does it matter? Does it? <laughs> to me, it does. She's been jumped on. She's been trampled on. Like, I think that's probably what she's going for. Stretched out know. face or something. Oh, God. Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe. The women are turning on Monica now. And they are starting to pick up that she is going on to Meredith's side, is my opinion. She's the only real one here, and I don't think they like it. No. Angie and Monica start flinging fingers at each other, and the subject of Jen Shaw comes up. Angie points out to Monica, like, you were her assistant. Monica does not like that. She says, how could I be an assistant if I never got paid? You were all her assistants. You all did her favors for her. Okay, but wasn't Monica actually her assistant? And then she says to Angie, and then you flipped on her like a little bitch. But also, you did too, didn't you? (laughs) Weren't you the informant? Like, what's going on? What is is going on? That's the thing. Like, we can all tell there's a lot of this weird undercover stuff that's hopefully going to come out soon. And yes, that's why I, there's undercurrent. Yes, it's so good. It's so fun to watch because it's going to drop, baby. All right. Well, that was Salt Lake City this week. And as usual, top show on the air. Obsessed. Yeah. Absolute fucking blast. Well, Neral, we only have one more to cover. And it was, I'm going to say it, an underwhelming finale of The Real Housewives of Orange County. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's fly over in an underwhelming way to Orange County now. Let's do it. Do, 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 do. The music is <laughs> <laughs> happening. Okay, guys, Real Housewives of Orange County, Season 17, Episode 16. Welcome to the Freak Show. It is the finale. First of all, why does it feel as if Roni has been on for longer than the OC? This was my first thought when I realized it was the <laughs> finale. I was like, why are we at the OC finale and not the Roni finale? No doubt. Felt weird. But also, yeah, I have to agree with you. I was very underwhelmed by this finale. Yeah, I... I... It kind of just dropped off for me. There yeah. was no resolution. It seemed like... Right at the end there, I was yeah. like, okay, now it's going to happen. We're going to get into it. And then we got the little synopses or whatever yeah. you say at the end. And I'm like, oh, I see. Okay, just it's going to end like that. 
Gotcha. Okay. Really, really, really unimpressed with the production, I think, on this show. Mm -hmm. Because I think there could have been something a lot bigger, but no, I wanted to see more of Heather and Tamara fighting. But anyways. Same. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, we'll definitely get more in the reunion, but. The reunion did look good. I had much higher hopes for the finale. But anyways, let's get started here. So the ladies are back in Orange County. The trip is over. Shannon is at her chiropractor's office and she has a pretty wicked bruise on her arm from when I guess she basically slid down the boat when they were going snorkeling or diving or whatever it was. I didn't see her actually bang it, though, which was weird for the size of bruise. Emily shows up. We see a little montage of both of them being worked on. (laughs) I know the sound effects were like edited in. And we're not real, but the cracking and the crunching, I still was like shuddering. I hate this stuff. Uh, They've got them folded up like pretzels. They're moaning. They're groaning. (laughs) I would kill for a cracking like this. I swear. My latest obsession, Narelle, is Cairo TikTok. 10 out of 10. Highly recommend. No. That and cow hoof cleaning. It's very therapeutic. What? Yeah. Nope. What? It's a thing. What are you talking You have no idea. Sarah. And I will send you one and you will become more obsessed than me. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Okay. As I'm currently judging you, I'm having memories as a child going to the farm beside my house and watching the, what's the guy called? <laughs> I don't The shoe smith? Yeah. The, the blacksmith? Horse- blacksmith. The- Horseshoe? Is it blacksmith? Shoe smith? The shoe know. guy. The yeah. horseshoe guy. Mm-hmm. He like cleans the horse's hoof before he puts the shoe on it yes but you gotta watch the cows because they're more interesting and there's more surface area because the horseshoe takes up anyway there's a lot we'll we'll talk about it after (laughs) all right (laughs) (laughs) so gina is meeting up with tamra and jen and they're at like a halloween costume store kind of thing Gina's friends are absolutely a bunch of clowns. (laughs) So she's going to have a freak show party, which is probably perfect. All I want to say is Gina really thinks she's the main character of this show. And boy, (laughs) is it exhausting. Okay. The way she keeps going on about how she's been such a great friend to Heather. I was screaming at my TV, Gina. You have been a terrible friend to Heather. Stop <laughs> trying to convince us otherwise. It's not going to happen. It's just not. No. And then we've got Harry and Tether. Tether. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, God. This fourth uh, podcast is when my brain starts to go. <laughs> oh, every time. <laughs> and this is like the worst episode of all of them, too. Okay, uh, so Heather and Terry, Heather and Terry are in the new rental, and Heather is describing how she got dog fucked, is what I'm pretty sure she said. It was bleeped out. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. All right, she got dog fucked the whole time she was in Mexico. Dog fucked is an interesting way of putting it. Heather thinks everybody is afraid of Tamara and that everyone is loving the attention Tamara is, like, bestowing on them since returning to the show. So they are siding with her, essentially, even though Tamara is the one talking badly about them. Emily, on the other hand, is absolutely positive that Heather did call her a loser. Okay, okay, 
I'm going to lean in here. Do I think Heather called Gina and Emily losers? Honestly, maybe. Very, very, very possible. (laughs) It's also extraordinarily plausible for Tamara to have said it too. The thing is, I think there is so much jealousy going around in this group. But a part of me thinks Heather may be a tad jealous about Tamara's return to the show. Because she went from being the main character to the supporting character. Mm. Could I see Heather justifying the shitty ratings from last season when she was the leading character on Emily and mm. Gina? Yeah. I, I actually really, really can. That's interesting. That's very plausible. <laughs> I think I think they both are uh, going to be guilty, I think. Yeah. You know? The only thing is, though, I I really don't see the word loser coming from Heather's mouth. I think she would have used something else. Mm. A little bit more elegant. Very true. Loser seems a little bit too lowbrow for Heather. But anyways. Yeah. So, Tamara is saying to Jen and Gina, let's just say that I was saying malicious things about you guys. Let's just say that, okay? For argument's sake. I definitely wasn't. But when I was being... I mean, if I did do that like don't you think i would have addressed it oh nope not not necessarily tamra i do not think you would have addressed it unless you got caught yeah bingo she is like a little rat right yeah tamrat the tamrat and we tamra girl we know you have said plenty of malicious things about everyone some in secret some to their face But Gina and Emily not even contemplating the possibility that Tamara said it is wild to me. And it absolutely goes along with our theory this cast has it out for Heather. Yep. So next we're over at Jen's and Ryan has on another outfit. Okay, he's wearing a lot of things. Mm. We've got like ripped (laughs) jeans with what looks like leggings underneath. Ankle length, of course. No socks. A skin tight black skims looking like leotard shirt i don't know and then he like puts it all underneath a poofy black and white plaid vest with big watches big bracelets how did this man ever fucking land jen oh god i have so many thoughts about this but first you know they pop upstairs for you know super casual chit chat about ryan's infidelity (laughs) while the kids keep an eye on the old spaghetti casserole downstairs And Ryan maintains that he slept with this woman one time while he and Jen were split up. And he doesn't know why Jen keeps listening to Tamara. I think maybe it's because Tamara has given her new information, my man. You know, she's putting it on blast in front of everyone. Jen's mortified. Ryan definitely wants Jen to just forget about his shitty past and have her believe he wants to move forward. It's brutal. Yeah. But also him sleeping with this woman the one time while they were on a break. Let's not forget, he texted this woman while he was at a concert with Jen. That's not very breaky. There's still some kind of dishonesty going on here. And either it's between Jen and Ryan or it's coming from Tamara. And then sweet, sweet broke Jen is pushing forward with finalizing her divorce, but she can't afford it. Weird, right? Mm. She's making it seem like she's forging ahead with the divorce because she's ready to move forward with Ryan. Jen seems to be most insecure about Ryan, 
not wanting to settle down with her and waking up one day and regretting it makes me think she's almost desperate for him to say, yeah, okay, fine, I cheated on you. So she can end it now instead of later. I think in her heart of hearts, she knows this dude will ultimately not be okay with the situation. Next, Heather and Gina meet to talk and Heather is pissed. And Gina tries to explain how upset she is to learn that Heather called her a loser because Gina feels she's been such a good friend to her lately. And Heather says, I never said that. Gina, you're so quick to believe whatever Tamara said. And then she whips out her phone and plays the recording of the conversation. It's got Teddy, Tamara, and Shannon. And Teddy is talking about how Tamara told her. You know what? We gotta go. I don't want to hang out with these losers. Yeah. So instead of acknowledging that, you know what, maybe she backed the wrong horse in this race, Gina instead is like, okay, Heather, Tamara called me a loser. If you're my friend, you should be telling me these things. Oh my god. Then immediately says, Tamara probably didn't do it maliciously. Oh, Gina, fuck the fuck off. You are literally seeking any reason to be mad at Heather. Gaslighting 101. So it's not malicious when Tamara does it, just Heather. Make it make sense. I know. Okay, also, did you notice the HD on Heather's phone? (laughs) Yeah, I I did. It was big and it was gold. Yeah. I mean, you gotta love love a girl who loves herself. That's true. Heather walks us through a numbered itemized list. I love this. This is a theme here of all the times Tamara systematically attacked all of her friendships throughout the season. And Gina encourages her to stand up for herself to Tamara at her freak show party, which I know damn well Gina is going to prepare Tamara for. Mm-hmm. Speaking of full of shit and standing up, but actually not standing up, sitting down, we officially have eyes on the Sitalonic people. It's on the screen. It's there. I cannot describe to you the panic I felt when I saw the tube that you sit on. I saw it. Why are we seeing it? And my next thought after that was, no, they're going to do an enema on Jen. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, and now I'm just going to verbatim read my notes that I took in this moment because I don't know how other way, I don't know another way to get through the trauma. This, I was, I was traumatized, Sarah, so I don't want to relive it in my mind, so I'm just going to read the notes. This is what I wrote. They're lubing it? Oh, no. No. No! Sarah, what is happening? Why is this happening? Sarah, she's pooping! Oh, my God. Dude. I wish I could have seen your face. The lube on the tube is when I got real, real scared. <laughs> lube on the tube. I'm like, put no, you can't just put no. Oh god, put it in the other spot. Oh god, like my anus was clenched the entire time. No citalonics in my future ever. No, 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 no. Why no. on earth did they do this? On and camera. it's on camera. She's sitting there. She's like, I poopy, Shannon. I poopy. And Shannon's just smiling like a proud mom. I'm like, no. 
And fucking Tamara's on the floor laughing. How did they convince Jen to do it? I don't, I'm, no, I was not prepared emotionally, mentally. No. None of them, none of the prepared. They were nothing. No, I would, did not know this was coming. Season two, Jen oh. is never going to trust Shannon again. <laughs> okay. No. No. I'm never going to forget this moment. So, okay. We're going to move on now. My blood pressure's through the roof again. Um, they're all getting freaked up for the freak show now. Tamara showing up as an evil clown is just, it's, it's chef's kiss. It's perfection. <laughs> Ryan showing up shirtless in just a vest. I fucking hate it so much. <laughs> Shannon showing up as Madame Bedore with John and then in her confessional saying she thinks her future is going to be bright. Uh, well that did not age very well did it oh my gosh and don't forget the producers but john jansen in a suit suit. (laughs) he was not gonna wear that hat even if shannon killed him when i see miss cotton candy entering the building aka taylor I can immediately tell this woman is already smashed. Yep. <laughs> I really Big loved time. Emily's popcorn outfit. I thought it was just cute and subtle and all the things. They all looked really good. Okay, but for real, fuck off. Or as Gina would say, fuck off. Sorry, or was it Meredith? Maybe that was more of a <gasps> Meredith. Fuck off. <laughs> we could not get a finale without just one last glimpse of Gina's asshole uh, ex? Yeah. Why? No. Like, just as this man had faded from my memory, they had to bring him back in one last time <laughs> so Gina could tell us how great he is, how much everything's changed, how he's, you know, like, putting his best foot forward and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'm not loving that he's at this party. No, he does not need to be there, or at least not be shown, but... Uh, Gina then relays to Emily what Heather shared with her. And Emily just says, meh, I don't really care. Because Tamara is always saying shit about me, but she apologizes for it. Heather has never apologized. Like, okay, Emily. (laughs) So this really is just about nailing Heather down then. Because neither of them are even slightly annoyed by a recording of Tamara calling them losers. They're still finding a way to be annoyed at Heather for it. Imagine if it was Heather calling them losers on a recording. What the heck is going on? What is this really about? Heather has actual receipts and they're pretending like it's nothing. Because I think you hit the nail on the head. They just want to nail Heather down. They don't fucking care. They don't even care. It's wild. It's pathetic. It kind of is. Like you have to at least try a little bit harder than that because now I'm not believing you. Yeah. So speaking of Heather, she walks in next and Gina's like, oh my God, you look great. No, that was terrible. (laughs) I thought it was good. And she really fucking did. Like, holy moly. That body. That. Right? It it was unbelievable. Yeah. But these women fucking hate her. Oh my God. What even is she? I'm just showing off my body. I think that was Taylor that said that. Yeah. Like talking about her behind her back. And Tamara is just fucking evil. I'm sorry. She is evil. <laughs> she is. She's saying Gina was like heathermatized because Heather is deflected and tra la 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 la, whatever. But 
Tamara is the one messing with everybody. I swear to God, Sarah, if Tamara doesn't get nailed down and when I wrote that note, yeah. now I know. Tamara didn't get nailed down. I know. I know. It's got to happen at the reunion. Like, that's... I'm holding out yeah. for it. Uh, can we talk about Shannon and Taylor bonding? And we see Taylor is even more smashed. She's slurring. I love you. <laughs> I'm not gonna try and hump you. But, you know, I'm a lesbian. <laughs> oh, God. Like, I am cringing. And then she just deep throats Jen's entire ice cream. Like, this is Cotton Candy 2.0. Yes. And then we see Shannon and Tamara lie to each other on camera, of course, about how neither of them care if the other is friends Mm. with Heather. Bullshit. Because we all know Tamara is absolutely the type of person to turn everyone against Heather and then befriend her. Then when they bring up how Heather is insecure about not being included in their friend group. They're almost relishing the fact. But duh, who isn't insecure about that kind of thing? These women are jackasses. They really are. Obtuse jackasses. Also, speaking of obtuse, I only just realized Taylor was dressed up like cotton candy and she was probably referencing the cotton candy moment <gasps> by doing oh, that. Oh my god, me Right? Too. <laughs> Okay, jeez, oh, I I just couldn't get past the drunkenness. No, so fucking wasted. Yeah. So then Jen is confronting Heather about not trying to be better friends with her, I guess, was kind of the gist of it. Heather turns it back on Tama pretty quick, though, and the ladies are all watching it go down, like behind the sidelines. They're getting themselves worked up in the process, too. Heather apologizes for falling asleep and not coming back to the room for uh, Jen. And who else was with Jen in the room? I honestly forgot. I I don't. I want to say it was Taylor, maybe. Yeah, it was Taylor. Yeah, and they agree to have their own friendship going forward, which is such a housewifeism. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, and I think Jen was really trying to have a moment here, and she's just yeah. kind of spewing Tamara bullshit, but whatever. Uh, next, Heather and drunk Emily. <laughs> Taylor wasn't the only one who was drunk here. Talk one-on-one. Old eagle-eyes Tamara is watching, of course, making everyone look at her as well. And it's so petty. Taylor says... She thinks she's better than us, which is all of Tamara's influence again. While Emily and Heather are talking, Emily breaks down crying and she admits how much it hurt her to imagine that Heather called her a loser. Where were these tears at finding out it was Tamara? Emily's mummy issues are really apparent this season, dude. And like with Heather and Shannon specifically, Mm. this is a much bigger issue. And I'm not buying emily's explanation of childhood and being called a loser but anyway let's move on honest no we can't move on because i have a thought about this now honestly (laughs) the way the way you just described that it makes me kind of realize the women have zero respect for tamra and that's why they don't give a fuck that tamra called them a loser but they all seem to really respect heather and that's why they feel so insecure They look up to Heather, and they probably fucking hate that they look up to Heather. They don't want to respect her or look up to her as a role model or, like, a mother figure, but they do. 
Whereas with Tamara, they're like, well, fucking Tamara does that all the time. Tamara's garbage. I don't care. So it doesn't hurt them the same way. Yeah. Okay. That's an interesting theory. I like it. It's probably spot on. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Tamara is fucking boiling at this point with her evil clown makeup on. It was a little bit chilling. I'm not going to lie. Because she sees Heather making amends. And her plan, like Tamara's plan, isn't working. It's not coming to fruition. Tamara walks right up to Heather and she tries to confront her. But Heather doesn't even want to talk to this evil fucking Chucky doll. And you can tell with the smug smile on Tamara's face and the way she's copying Heather's hand movements, but like throwing her fingers and like drawing patterns in Heather's face. Like she's just trying to make Heather snap. There is real hatred there. Yeah, Tamara was absolutely repulsive in this moment. And I uh, oh, I hate when she gets like this. I hated the fact she went up to Heather and did that right in front of Terry, too. Super disrespectful. Mm. Emily then asked Tamara if she really did say this shit about them. And we hear part of the podcast where Tamara is explaining that it's an inside joke, calling them losers is an inside joke between her and Shannon but the podcast recording isn't the same as the recording that Heather took or at least it was a very very different part yeah I noticed that too the words were different no like the words were the same but they were said differently very differently it was either a different part of the podcast or specials I don't know it's weird there was I feel like Heather's was much more candid Exactly. It did not seem like a podcast and she didn't reference it as if it was a podcast, but then it's all of a sudden it was just a podcast. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I hope we get clarification of that during the reunion. I want to hear the whole recording. Yeah, me too. This is where I thought shit was really going to take off, but nope, this is where it ended. (laughs) All of a sudden with no resolution. We see all of the end of season synopses. Is that a word? I like it. Let's roll with it like it is. Yeah. It's plural of synopsis. Perfect. People, that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to evoke here. So we find out that Jen won some money gambling. Then she's gonna pay off her divorce that way. Good for you, girl. We find out Shannon and John broke up. Shocker. Gina and Travis are officially real estate agents. Mm-hmm. And Emily went to L.A. for Heather's birthday, so they must be okay. That's what I took it to mean. They're still buddies. Heather and Terry are looking for their next house in O.C., and the HD network is up and running. And Tamara has gotten closer with Jen, Emily, and Shannon, but thinks Heather can go fuck one. Which is very interesting, because Tamara has taken a picture with Heather recently, And then we see in the preview for the reunion, she's screaming at Jen again. So Mm. we'll see. It was a shitty finale. I was super disappointed. Really disappointed. Because I thought it was a pretty good season overall. I mean, it was a frustrating season, but I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was a pretty solid season overall as well, which is why I had such high hopes for the finale. And I'm a little bit confused. (laughs) A little bit like, did I miss mm-hmm. something? Yeah, is there another episode? Did you leave a part out? Yeah. <laughs> part two, finale part two? I don't know. But yeah, so 
That's it, guys. We will be doing the reunion next week, which looked pretty cool. They're on the beach. I liked it. That was... Yeah, I did too. That's very cool. Have they ever done that before in a reunion? Not that I'm aware of. No. No. So that'll be cool. A little bit different. I hope Tamara gets nailed to the fucking wall. Me too. Jen looked very different at the reunion. Oh, I didn't notice. Mm. Like facially? Yeah. Fish in the face? Facially. Hmm. We shall Hmm. see. (laughs) All right, Narbar. This was a great time. Lots to talk about. I missed you so much. I miss you too. I'm so glad you're back. Well, thanks for rocking the pod last week. And oh my god. Well, it was much, much funner this time around to talk to you and not to myself. Oh, you did a great job. Thank you to everyone listening. We love you guys. Seriously. Also, you guys were so sweet last week reaching yes. out and like hoping Sarah gets better and so sweet. We really appreciate all of the support. It kind of made me tear up a little bit because Aww. I was also like in my luteal phase and and there's lots of big emotions oh, happening. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah, oh god. No. And and I was sick and I was emotional and Pharrell was telling me some of your messages that you guys sent and I yeah. was like oh, like yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> But it made, it was happy tears. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah. Happy tears. <laughs> you, you guys made her cry in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love you guys. Thanks so much. But until next week, stay truthful. And not hopeless. Love you guys. Bye. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. <laughs>